Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey there, it's Jody Katz, your host for Where Brains Meet Beauty. This podcast is my side hustle. I do have a day job. I am the founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. We're the omni-channel branding agency hyper-focused on beauty and wellness, and we're based in New York City. Today's episode is a real treat. It's with Daniel Kaner, co-founder of Orbe, and we recorded this one on location at the historic C.O. Bigelow Apothecaries in New York City's West Village. If you missed last week's episode, please tune in. It's with Janelle Hickman. She's an editor at BET Digital. Enjoy the show. Let me remove the gum from my mouth. You see, when I prepare for a major interview like this, you're like Barbara Walters. I yes. have to have the process. I really, I try to um, think more Andy Cohen. Do you know who he is from Bravo? Yes. So um, he's a super fan, which is why I, I love watching him. Have you ever watched like The Real Housewives of Anywhere? So he is like a true super fan, and when he interviews these people who are on the show, you can tell that he just really wants to know. He's not asking because someone told him to ask. Right. And that's me. Like I'm just a super fan, right? So um, we are recording now. Okay. Oh, we're live. <laughs> we, we're not live. Okay. But we're recording. Okay. Um, so for all the fans here, uh, if you can keep it down. <laughs> And thank you for coming. Thank you, thank you all for coming. There's like so to paint a picture for everyone who's not here right now. Um, you know, there are one thousand people sitting in front of the barrette counter at Bigelow's. We are wall to wall, shoved in between the candles and the hand cream, next to the bath bombs and the shampoo. And we thank you for being here. So Daniel Kaner, co-founder of Orbe, thank you for being with us at Where Brains Meet Beauty. Thank you for having me. Um, to give a little perspective to our listeners. Today we are recording on location at the historic C.O. Bigelow Apothecary in New York City's West Village. We've taken over a corner of the 200-year-old beauty boutique and pharmacy for the podcast. So thanks to Ian and his team for having us here today. They have free delivery all throughout Manhattan. And if you come in here, Ian is actually my doctor. If you're ever, if you're ever sick, you can come in without a, uh, an appointment. So um, let's start with the topic of friendship. Since you bring up Ian, um, you've known him for a long time. I have, we have. Ian is a, a remarkable person. Um, both my wife, Sonia Kashik, and I share him as a friend, which is a very interesting uh, position. We, we equally love him. And he has an amazing wife, Stephanie, who tirelessly raises money for lots of causes. And he has equally impressive children. So I, I love them all. And how did you meet him? I think we started doing business together a long time ago. But um, we've been great friends ever since. Do you become friends with a lot of people you work with? I, I do. We spend a disproportionate amount of our time working. And I think a lot of our relationships are built on trust, the good ones. And we, we do have a lot of things in common. And we do spend a lot of time together. So yes, spend a lot of time with our, our good clients and friends. So um, we're going to get back to that topic of friendship and trust. But first, I want to say congratulations. Thank you. Cow recently acquired Orbe. Um, this is a big I deal. I like to think we joined Cow. Okay, so that's the question I'm going to ask you. You told me in our first talk that you, didn't, you don't feel like you sold the business. No. Nope. Okay, so what does that mean? You know, when you, when you create something, I was a, a co-founder, and we have a, about 100 other founders in the Orbe company. 
and they're tremendously passionate about what we do. And I, I, we wouldn't do it as well unless we believed so much in what we're doing. So it's a continuum. And I think today that we're getting close to who we are as a company, we have shared values, and I'll continue on as, in my role, serving the 100 team members that I have and serving the clients that we do business with. And I'll do it with the same passion as when we started, because I love it. Does that answer your question? It does, but now I want to hear what selling to a giant corporation like smells like and tastes like. Well, we chose Kaup, and we chose them. I started speaking with them in 2011. I know a couple of their senior leaders in America, Corey Kautz in Europe and Trevor Attenborough in America. And then we started a educational alliance. So we actually worked together for three years and we're a, we're a group of similar values. They, they believe in the same things that we do, the same value to our customer right at the center, quality and innovation of product. They're, they're in the hair business. They have a wonderful color brand called Goldwell. A lot of our business is selling to individual salons throughout the United States. And we have very strong relationships with them. And they have very similar values. So I think we got to the point where it, it, um, that, that it worked. And I'm delighted that we're, we're working with them. Delighted. So paint a, paint a little bit of a more emotional picture for me on this. Like, you've worked so hard for so many years. Um, is there, like, a little dance that happens after the contract signs? Um, you jump up and down. Like, what happens to honor that moment? No, it's, a, it, it's, it's, I haven't processed it yet. Okay. We've been on the road nonstop. We've, we've worked with all of our sales teams. We've gone all over the country. We've had sales meetings. There's quite an obligation because it's to our, our commitments are really to our, our customers, our team, our brand, and there's now a fourth commitment to, to cows. We want to make sure that all constituents feel happy, everything is good, people don't get, you know, they're not anxious, and we fulfill our promise. And being, being a co-founder and being a, a president, there's great responsibility with that. I serve everyone in our organization, and the same thing with our clients. Our clients, customers, our team built the brand. So we want to make sure that everyone's feeling really good about this transition, and I have to lead by example. Okay, so we'll footnote this episode, and when you get to the moment where you feel like you can take that breath? Well, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted that, that it worked out with Kao and Orbe. It's the right place. It's the right it's the right team member for mm -hmm. us. I'm, when I think about it, I'm delighted. But I'm thinking about uh, we're having a team retreat. All 100 of us are going to Laguna Beach, California. And I've got some, some speeches to write. So I'm, I'm uh, up fairly early in the morning thinking about mm -hmm. all those things. I'm very, very happy. I would Woo that Woo! <laughs> Is that what's actually? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, well, I'm somebody who, like, my, my, what's in my head is so busy. So when these good things happen, I race right through them. Like, okay, that was cool, what's on to the next thing? And I, I don't think that's healthy for me because what I need to do is like really sit in that moment of that joy, that pleasure, that celebration, and even if it's just a like a woohoo. Um, because I think it will it makes it easier when this shit happens, you know? Like right. um, because that stuff stays in my head forever. Right? Can you I don't say that, that on TV? Can we can bleep it out. Okay. It's 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 um, audio. Okay. okay. Um, so you know, I, I do think for my own sanity, it's important for me to honor those special moments right. so that the harder ones don't feel so painful. It's true. 
I'm a man of 56 years old soon in March. I know what you're saying. How, how is he so, how does he do it? But you learn a little bit along the journey and the things that, you know, that we think we're so concerned over, that we're so anxious over, some of those things rarely, rarely happen. But the, the fear, the anxiety that, that motivates us, it does have a positive result. It pushes us to do things. So, so celebrate that, but make sure that you're speaking to your other personality and not letting it get in your way. So I always say to myself, put it in low gear. Be mindful of it. Just like you have to train the faith muscle in life, right. you have to train your, your internal voice as well. You have to muzzle it at some point because otherwise it's going to do you some harm. Right. So I'm trying to um, move through the acceptance phase of understanding that fear is the opposite of faith, right? Like, I want to have more faith and I want to own less fear. Right. Um, so, okay, let's, let's, um, let's start talking a little bit about um, you. Um, how are you going to spend your day today? We started with a board meeting in my building because I haven't been around lately. Um, today's a media day. I'm, I'm here. I'm on your show. First time ever. Is this your first podcast? My second podcast. Mm-hmm. And then Ian's doing a Facebook Live. Um, Ian Ginsberg Media <laughs> is going to have a Facebook Live after this. It's live, right? So, And then we'll start to plan our trip to California and we'll have multiple meetings and phone calls. And it'll be a great day, because I'll be face-to-face with a lot of my team members, and I'll meet with Jessica Friedman, who we call the chief, product development. I'll meet with marketing. We'll have countless telephone calls. And, uh, and I'm up for the challenge today, because I've had my RX bar. You've had your RX bar. That's your breakfast? Yes. Got it. OK, so um, we only spoke once before this. Ian introduced us. And I, I love the conversation. It sort of was therapeutic for me. Um, and I wrote down some themes that came out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, serenity, patience, discipline, respect, partnership, and friendship. Because mm-hmm. they're all good things, mm-hmm. like all things I need to hear about. So let's start at the beginning. Okay. Um, serenity, something I want every day, I long for it. And you seem to have it um, oozing out of you. Um, I have a lot more serenity after a bottle of wine. <laughs> Maybe that's when we spoke. Um, you described your dad as your role model. Yes. Tell us about him. My dad is an amazing fellow. He's 87 years old, and he lives in Marco Island, Florida. My dad grew up in Eveleth, Minnesota. My father was an only child. And every day when I'd come back from school, my father never had a, a bitter word for a workmate. He, he was a, a man that everything, it was the best meal he ever had when my mother cooked it. He has a wonderful relationship with his wife. And he was present to the best of his ability to be present, though he traveled quite a bit. He was a corporate attorney, and he traveled a great deal. But when he was there, he was present. And he tried his best to make all my tennis matches when he could. I remember I was industrious as a a kid, and we lived in Minnesota. And my father would, on very cold days, get up and drive me around on my paper route on Saturdays and Sundays. And he probably had other things he could do, but it was never a question that he he wouldn't do it. So we have a a wonderful close relationship, and he has just a positive energy that was so important growing up. Because instead of feeding the bad dog, he always fed the good dog, and that was the most powerful message he could have given any of us. Mm -hmm. He's still that way today, happy Harv. Worked his way through (laughs) business school, worked his way through law school, never a complaint really thrilled with the journey. 
And I think it's such great inspiration to have that level of inspiration instead of the whining and the, you know, that this is a challenge and that is a challenge. These aren't challenges. These are all opportunities that we're faced with. So how does that I guess, presence that he was able to have with you, how do you carry that through with your family? Right now we have a lot more noise in our lives. Like we have the phones and the emails, right? things that um, our parents didn't have to deal with. Are you able to pull that into your personal life with your family? I, I, I try very much because a family is very, very important to me. It's one of our key things. I have a great wife, Sonia Kashik, the great beauty entrepreneur. Sonia can play chess on three levels. She can work. She can make sure she calls the kids before they go to school. She can make sure that we all keep our commitments. So it's, it's, it's fun to have a partnership like that. So she does. I would have to say that I'm blessed to have a stronger senior partner in our, in our organization, our parental organization, uh, Sonia. But I have two great children, Jonah and Sadie. And I hug a lot. And I, um, I'm, I'm careful to be very present. I'm very careful how I speak to them, because I, I, I want to be able to build them and help them navigate, but I do not want to represent anything that, that uh, tears them down or, or, or upsets them, but I want to make sure that we keep them focused, because they're always a parent. Mm -hmm. And they're adults now? They're adults. Yeah. Jonah's 23, and Sadie's at BU. He's 19. 19. Awesome. So um, you've had a very interesting career. Right, Aveda, um, Bumble, and now Orbe. Yes. Why hair? Well, very. Sonia Kashik, before we were married, introduced me to Horst Reichelbacher, the founder of Aveda, and that's where the journey started. Horst is no longer with us. He's 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 blending, you know, fragrance in heaven today, and may he rest in peace. He was a just a great, great uh, inspiration. It was never business as usual, and beauty was was very, very interesting. He had great perspectives, he assembled a great team, and that's what got it started. But why, why stay in here? I think it's something, you know, we get involved in our, our path and through the Aveda experience, I was um, welcomed into the Bumble group and we got to be um, uh, partners where we had some ownership in the business. And then because of the, that business, we really started to understand hair care, customers, the professional segment, and it's something we very much loved. And we identified an opportunity in hair care, something that was missing. As you know, most hair care is sold um, in, in professional environments or big box stores. Professional product always was something that was sold by a licensed hairdresser in a licensed establishment. And, and you would never jump that channel. And as times changed, you did see some of that migration with that. And I think it gave us the opportunity to introduce, there's always good, better, and best in, in all these products that we see, but we didn't feel, we felt hair could use a little bit of a push. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning of our journey to try to identify what would be best in class in hair. Um, so when I look back at my long list of jobs that I've had, um, many more companies than the three I listed for you, um, I think about like what learning and some of them are odd learnings. Like when I, um, I worked for a minute as the assistant to the editor-in-chief of a magazine at Conde Nast, like for a, a hot minute, um, and I learned, my big takeaway from that job was, don't go tell HR you don't like your job. 
because you're going to get fired by the time you get back to your chair. Um, lesson learned, young. Um, what kind of learnings do you think you take, like one key learning from Aveda, one key learning from Bumble, and one key learning from Orbe? What would they be? Oh, there's, I, there's so many. I think um, from Aveda, I would say it's really not business as usual. You shouldn't, we shouldn't come to the table with preconceived notions. That, that creativity in the business environment is something that sometimes is, is overlooked, and it's something that's so important because it is the content that we all turn on to when we're looking at whether it be beauty products uh, or clothing. It's the, it's the energy of the, of, cre of the creation, the creative part. And, and Horst created an organization that caused people to sometimes, instead of looking just vertically or horizontally, you know, he, he himself saw things sideways. And he created his own language. And, and we were able to kind of learn from that. Mm -hmm. And I think that stamped me in that experience. Bumble and Bumble was a new experience. Uh, Michael Gordon and his team had created something, you know, really fantastic. They they had brought something for the first time that was almost boutique quality, and we built something that was professional around it, so professional distribution that fit within that channel. But Michael's vision and their team's vision was something that was specialty in hair that really hadn't happened up to that point. Orbe, you know, there's probably more in me in Orbe than in any of those uh, projects, and the team is extraordinary. The vision um, was, was, was really prescient in the way that we, we saw where it should go. We followed our business plan. There was tremendous talent, myself, Tevya Finger, Orbe Canalis, the three original partners. Um, Everyone did what they needed to do, and our customers supported that vision. I remember going into Neiman Marcus, and I, I tell the story. It was um, Hazel Wyatt was the uh, buyer at the time, and I didn't have a bottle. I didn't have the fragrance. I didn't have products for her to test. It might have been a five-hour meeting. The crowd grew as we started talking about it, and I left Neiman Marcus with a commitment to take on Orbe Herker. Now, if you just said to me, you can sell something or engage someone without having the actual product with you, I just said, it couldn't happen. So it taught me so much more about life, about, um, it stretched me as a person, as a business person, and it's something that I love to bring to my team and to our customers when I, when I speak with them. So what happens in a four-hour meeting where there's no product and nothing to smell and nothing to touch? Like, what are, what are you talking about? You tell about? the story. You're just dreaming? You tell the story. I, didn't, I wouldn't say that I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a consummate salesperson, but I know the story. I knew that when we were creating our product that there was a 52-week lead time on aluminum cans. Now, no <laughs> one would put me in charge of operations in their business, maybe on the creative side, but I was on... This day, I was in operations. We had to make our aerosol cans in the Czech Republic, if you can imagine. Little Danny Kaner, Minnesota, is now making aerosol cans in the Czech Republic. I had never been to Prague before. But it's, it's, it, it really taught us about globalization. There's so much that we could do. Great personal power. Mm -hmm. Taught me a lot. Um, and when you walk into a meeting like that, so you didn't have product in hand, you just had a story. Um, and I had books. I had Orbe's tear sheets. Uh -huh. I had something I didn't bring today. I had a timeline, the original timeline, that spoke on Orbe's career from the beginning to the end, and I spoke on how all those things that he had done will inform what we're doing in hair care. 
then I had to go and I had to educate them on, on the different distribution channels and, and maybe why they couldn't carry professional hair and why this was a, a great moment in time for them and what we were trying to achieve. Now, that all said, they're very smart people. Most beauty buyers are. They're, they're exposed to everything and they can have everything. Um, we've had some experience in the past and, and I was very happy that, that I had um, not burned any bridges and maintained very good relationships with people so there was a very a, a strong element of trust. Do you walk into that room in a, like, I'm confident, I've got this, or do you walk in the room, like, fake it till you make it, or are you, like, are your feet wobbling? Like, what, what, what's your mindset well, at that point? Never fake it till you make it, because it's not my style. Okay. But I think you're, you're walking in very honest, and I, I, I truly believed right from the beginning that Orbe Hair Care was going to be great. I mean, we were working with the best lads. We had relationships. We were making our products in Switzerland, some of them at a skincare lab, because my wife Sonia had such a wonderful relationship with Dario Ferrari at Intercost. We got we had exposure to labs, to people that, that you just wouldn't get if you were an independent. Uh, uh, Frederick Pignot, a great friend of mine that worked with us at Bumble and Bumble, took us right into Givadon's main suite because he thought, you know, wow, this is Orbe. He's all that, and he's there for a meeting. So we didn't enter through the back door. Mm -hmm. We didn't enter at a, through a technical lab in New Jersey. We went right to the main offices, and we had access to wonderful perfumers. So we'd put the time in. There was a, a career. There was a lot of relationship. There was a lot of proof along the way. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about patience. Yes, let's. Okay. So when I'm, I saw you this morning, um, we spoke about it a little bit. We spoke about it quite a bit on the phone. Um, I am personally a fast talker. I'm a fast thinker. I get really frustrated when I'm in rooms with slow talkers and slow thinkers. It's hard for me. I have to work on it. Um, does patience come easily for you? It does not. It, it's, it, was, it was hard won. And I learned when I was, I was young, we must go slow to go fast. So <laughs> my team sometimes will say when they see me, trying to type out an email that say, yeah, I speak your code. <laughs> I understand your code. I find myself not even using commas today when I, I write. I'm just writing the top line, serves as the first sentence, the second line. That's my punctuation. But I'm, I'm much more of a telephone talker, so I can move through it faster. Mm -hmm. So if you had to sit down and write, and I think you told me that you're going to be writing some speeches, um, does that take a lot out of you? Is it like... It does. It's part of my process. I... I always have a Strathmore pad, and I've got my, my beautiful Japanese disposable fountain pens, and I, I draw, I write, I scrap. I usually get up very early. Someone taught me a long time ago being a, the importance of being a, a, an adult learner. So I get up in the morning very early because I'm the clearest with myself and the most truthful before the coffee. Um, and so I, I get up and I start to think because I'm very, very clear and there's no distractions. And then I write. I have to write and own the process, and then that becomes the process. That's how I gain clarity through edit. So you just said you wake up and that's the moment you feel the most truthful. What does that mean? I'm just, you're just very clear. Uh -huh. You're not tired from the end of the day. You know, you're not influenced by a glass of wine or tequila. Um, there's no influences, and you're very truthful with yourself, and that starts the day for me in the right way. What time of day is this that we're talking about? Well, it could be anywhere from 4.30 to 6.15. Mm -hmm. 
And you set an alarm for that, or you no. wake up naturally? I'm up every hour. Really? I, I look at the clock every hour. I have your problem. If I get up, I have a pen by my bed and paper. Mm-hmm. So usually I have a, an old-fashioned Seiko clock by all the different beds with a, a light, so I can glance at it quickly, and then I can try to get back to bed before the craziness starts. Okay, so you wake up. This is this is a ritual. Every hour you wake up, you look Almost at the clock, hour, and then you fall back asleep. And I set my own clock in my mind when I want, when I need to get up. I just set it, and I'll get up. And what if you had to catch a plane? Would you set an alarm? No. Really? But unfortunately, that will cause some anxiety, so I'll probably be up three hours before <laughs> the four o'clock hour. Right, so the, there's an anxiety of not, not waking up for something that you probably would wake up for, but if you set the alarm, would you be able to relax and then not wake up as frequently? Maybe. I'll, if I'm in a hotel and I've, I've reached my destination, I'll always ask for a wake-up call, uh-huh. but I always get up and call them and say I'm up. Um, I, Save the energy. I love that you're, you're, you're sharing this because, um, first of all, you, your skin looks really great for someone who does not get a restful night's sleep. Thank you. Um, and I do think sleep is important for youthfulness. And um, Vicki Moroff, once in a while, if I could ever get an appointment. Uh, no, I mean, seriously, I think people who don't sleep a lot, you, it, it shows, right? So you're having um, interrupted sleep. Um, but I also think it's fascinating to become part of your ritual. It mm. seems like you're, you're at ease with this. Mm. You're not fighting it? I love, you know, I love it. We have a, a home in Connecticut. It's our favorite place, Roxbury, Connecticut. When the children were... Young, we had bought a small place, and we'd go on the weekends. And for five years, I said to my wife, you cannot meet anyone. This is family time. And, and just for the first time, she disobeyed that edict, and she picked out these great friends after five years. We have tremendous friends there. I'll get up, and I garden. So I get up, and I have a, I have a companion in life, multiple companions. My daughter wanted a dog for so many years. Long story short. Sonia got her small poodle named Jezebel. Probably three days later, after a five-year quest to achieve an animal, she, she had no time for it. <laughs> I didn't want an animal in the worst way, and the animal brought so much joy to me. So I have Jezebel, a cup of coffee, and I've got a beautiful... I love nature. I love green. And I walk around the garden, and I think, and I look, and I feel very grateful. Um, are you surprised that I feel surprised by how at ease you are? Like, do a lot of people find it um, impressive that you're so at ease, considering that you're not sleeping through the night and that you have so much weight on your shoulders with work? And D- team, does anyone? Is anyone? In, no, I don't think anyone's impressed by my ease. But I do. We have we have great relationships with the team, so I think there's. Uh, is that an issue with my ease? No, I think it's not. Ian, is that an? Is I'm my, just no. like. You know, it's my, it's what I aspired to have. Like, I think that's one of the reasons I'm so excited to sit with you today because, like, I don't I don't feel that every day. You know, there's parts of my life where I feel serene, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like I'm chasing it more often than I'm holding on to it, and I long for it. Like, I I I want to wake up um, more truthful, right? I want to not have my heart racing in moments when I feel like this is really not a reason to be having a heart be racing. So um, everything that you're talking about, like, I want it. I want it bottled up, right? I want to drink it. Um, and I'm just longing for it. You have to negotiate with your other self. Identify the, your other self in your head and negotiate and tell them to back off. Uh-huh. Tell them to relax. Tell them you'll get it done. You have to trust the achievement that you've already made. Are you happy with your life? Do you have a nice home life? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like my home life is so um, wonderful 
and like everything I've ever dreamed of. It's my work that challenges me emotionally. Because you want to do better for people? Because I'm, I think I'm moving through self-doubt. Like I think that's my disease. Um, and I, I, I think after so many years of not understanding what my disease is, now I see what it is, and I just I want I want to walk away from it. You know, I want better. I think everyone everyone has that. When I was young, I, you don't you don't have a lot of mentors in life. It's amazing. Like sometimes, you know, when a parent or a grandparent will say to you, you know, be careful with your desires because maybe you're reaching a little too far, and 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 don't be disappointed if you don't achieve it. That's that's absolutely the worst advice, and. When you don't know what your career is going to be or what your life is going to be, and you're informing your own decision, and you think sometimes, I want to be successful. But you leave it up to a 12-year-old or a 15-year-old to define success. You might think it's, it's an airplane or it's a fancy car. And sometimes in life, I would say, if you create your vision and you, work, you create a vision that's fuller, it's a vision of friendship. If you can ask for a fancy car and an airplane, why don't you ask for friendship and why don't you ask for a dynamic partner and ask for a big table in your home where your family and your friends sit around that table. I'm, I'm kind of a wannabe Italian <laughs> so I always think about my visions always family it's always friends I'm happiest when I'm grilling or making something when I'm serving Sonia has the tabletop that's her passion she loves to create wonderful tables and we sit around the table and I see my children around the table and they were always at the table when it was family time, and, and they're not friendly with my friends, and they still want to spend time with us when we go to Connecticut or in Florida, and we work together. I mean, Jonah came in the other day and met with our team on a digital issue, and I sat back, and Sonia said, how did he do? And I said, Sonia, <laughs> you would have been proud. Oh. It, it felt great. I was very proud. Well, um... So you have to create a vision for yourself, and then you have to trust in it, and then that will diffuse the other voice. Yeah, my vision is serenity. I don't need the stuff. Well, you have to see, define what does serenity look like. Okay. Make sure you know what it looks like. Just like my dad always told me. Know what it looks like, and you'll be able to achieve it. If you don't know, you'll never reach your ending or your destination. Okay, I have my homework. Thank yes, you. Yes, you can call me. I'll coach you. Super. I love it. Good. Well, um, I hope you all of our fans in the room enjoy this. Um, thank you so much for your wisdom, Daniel. Thank you for having me. And for our listeners not here today, I hope you enjoy this. Please subscribe to our series on iTunes. And for updates about the show, please follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.